0: It's Cedric, and together we are through the Crave. digging through cultural and current events <laughs> through the hip hop lens. Let's get to it. Digging <laughs> through the quote cultural, 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 <laughs> <laughs> <culture. laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we're recording straight out of VSOP Studios. Sound better.
0: Ruin that intro. No, it's all good. And guys, please, if you if if you like us, if you love us, if you hate us, I don't care. Go uh, join, subscribe. Like, follow, comment on Apple Apple podcasts. You know, whatever podcast service you use, just let yes. us know what you're feeling.
1: Rate and review on Apple Podcasts because that'll work. But anyway, um, there's some good shit going on today. Uh, we have a very, very special guest. Um, this man hails from Texas but lives in Denver, I believe. All right. Um, mm-hmm. He's got his own podcast. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah.
2: Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, he is an all-around dope ass dude. him on Twitter, uh, a uh, really good interviewer, if I if if I may say so. You can um, say so, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's just go ahead and introduce him, motherfucking Devin. No one cares.
3: Podcast host, What's man. Crackin'? <laughs> What's cracking, <laughs> What's cracking. I appreciate y'all having me on. Finally making this happen. I know, man. One of many.
1: Oh, for Hopefully, sure. Hopefully, yes. Um, well, shit, I hear you're also at another podcaster's house right now, which is dope. Like, we're just podcasting
3: all around.
2: Just right. Just sharing the love, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, you
3: know, we out here, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I just, I, I got. I have a lot of uh, goals and ambitions for the podcast this year. I think 2019, I got really caught up in just content. And I kind of lost focus of the goal and the whole... What the tool of podcasting was supposed to be for me. Mm-hmm. So now this year, I've been able to kind of restructure and re kind of center what the focus is going to be and start off fresh at the top of the year and really start going at it. So, you know, doing some collabs, doing some more traveling podcasts, you know, hoping to make my way to Chicago soon. Yes. So, uh, yeah. That's awesome.
0: dope. Yeah. That's great. I mean, why don't you, you know, give your podcast elevator pitch for our fans so they kind of know? Who you are? Kind of what your podcast is all about?
3: Oh, for sure, for sure. So, like I said, it's Devin Devon No One Cares podcast. No one cares is one word. Um, also, my socials, real quick, is Devin No One Cares. It's on everything from PlayStation Network to down <laughs> yeah. Instagram, Instagram, all that stuff. PlayStation. Um, <laughs> basically, the No One Cares podcast. It's a podcast, um, kind of for basically for people of color, creatives of color. We talk about social uh, social issues and music. I mean, pop culture, a bunch more, just kind of giving creatives something to kind of call their own, especially creatives of color, something to call their own, to create, to and to be inspired by. You know, oftentimes we can see big inspiration from like Jay-Z and Gambino and Kanye West. So you can never really talk to them. It's not really a, the only inspiration you can get from them What you grab from the art, they pull it. In reality, community is probably the best sense of inspiration. We can learn a lot from the people who are on our level, creating and pushing and doing different things. And that community is important when it comes to just being a creative. So showing people like them who look like them, they can relate to that, you know, this is how they're going through their journey. What can you learn from this? This is how they're going through, you know, this is how they almost quit. How do you learn from this? And everybody can always pull something from everybody, no matter how different it is from what you're doing. So kind of giving that platform for people to be inspired by, motivated by, and also still create a big sense of community. Because a lot of these people on the show end up, Kind of collaborating or reaching out to other people that I've had on the next thing you know you're getting collab work you're getting you know friendships and things like that which I think is really pivotal and damn near any city so that's kind of what my podcast really really uh, I think does and just for me I want it to be something for my own selfish reasons I want this podcast to be uh, a tool that opens the doors for me to get into the music and entertainment industry and from the marketing aspect that I haven't been given when you can't when you're not giving your own shot when you're not giving that shot you have to create mm-hmm. your own that's kind of what I'm using the podcast to do
2: like
3: <clears throat> <Dude, black> accent. <laughs> that was dope I love that I would have loved to do it like a boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom, boom. There we go. Well, you should have
1: sent me an email uh, requesting all soundboard sounds that you needed. Uh, Uh, Now that you have not, I'm sorry, I don't have that. (laughs) I'll just have Cedric do it. I'm not even used to the soundboard. Oh,
3: y'all got money, Uh,
1: money. All it is (laughs) is just a fucking machine. But anyway, it's just a drum machine uh, <laughs> from back when my my beat making days. I've used it as a soundboard. It's a very expensive oh, soundboard. <laughs> um, exactly, see yeah. you get it. So yeah. Um, also, I wanted to know, like, why do you call it "No One Cares"?
3: So basically, I used to, a whole brand used to be like "Give a Damn," It used to be mm-hmm. GED, and it stemmed off of just people. Um, you know, I think a lot of people who create and. and but no matter if you're running for, you know, a local official, if you're doing entrepreneurship things with clothing and making music, I feel like oftentimes a lot of people get, uh, they hit that road bump to mm-hmm. where they feel like nobody cares about what they're doing. Like they feel like, why am I doing this? Nobody really cares at the end of the day. A lot mm-hmm. of people will quit there. And so it was give a damn at first, but my social, my social handle forever has been Devin no one cares because when I was on Twitter, People just talk about whatever they want and they take it so serious and it's like in reality no one cares
2: about yep. that shit. Like what talk you're saying is about your matter.
3: <laughs> so yeah. it's just definitely no one cares. And so people would see it and be like, Oh, no one cares, no one cares. So then I just thought about it and was like, you know, oftentimes that's how we feel that we're not being cared about, but it's kinda of like an oxymoron, you know. Right. creating no one cares. But I'm creating a bunch of people that y'all think no one cares about. Next thing you know, we care about each other because we were the ones that nobody cared about. So, 100.
1: kind of that whole big backspin take on it. Yeah, that's dope. I like oh, that's it. That's awesome, yeah. I've always wanted to ask you that question.
3: <laughs> it's, it's like, Kendrick, ain't for nobody sure, praying for
1: me.
0: Yeah, ain't nobody praying for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's and it's, it's so true. And, and I think it also speaks to you wanting to bring light to people of color. Because, you know, being a person of color and knowing a lot of people of color, you know, sometimes you feel like people don't care about us just in general. You know, like you feel like you just get forgotten and, and kind of tossed aside. So it is kind of cool that you're almost like poking fun at that and in mm-hmm. saying no one cares. But actually, you're bringing light to a lot of those things. So that's awesome. Um, what made you want to start with the podcast? I mean, I know you were talking about the marketing and, you know, um, uplifting other people. So, I mean, what what made you go the podcast route as opposed to, you know, everybody else is a rapper these days, so.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, I never, I used to be able to, like, do my little freestyle, my, my little BDF screw-type freestyle in the car with friends back in the day. Of but course. No, nah, I was like, I'm never going to be a rapper. I saw all my friends be struggle rappers. I was like, never in my life will I ever take that road. <laughs> but I, I used to, um, I used to, like I said, I used to be giving them when I was doing that. I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. Really, I just knew the things and places that I enjoyed to be, and I was trying to figure that figure that out. So what I ended up doing was just creating, creating for the sake of creating to give myself some kind of peace that one day I'll figure it out. So I would like do other blog uh, about local music and artists and all that kind of stuff. I started doing a magazine, like, I would literally go on what's that program, Adobe. I think it's a, not Premiere, I don't remember, InDesign. I'll go on InDesign. I used to have a journalism background. I would literally make an entire, like, spreadsheet and hire my friends to go do all these photo shoots and make this whole magazine and all this stuff. And eventually I just stopped because like I'm creating for the sake of creating, but I don't know what the fuck I want to do. Can mm. I, yeah, I can curse, right?
1: Can yeah, curse. yeah. Right. Fuck shit ass <laughs> bitch.
3: There you go. <laughs> all right, now that's out the way. Um, but, yeah, so, and basically, so then, um, long story less long, I had this idea of podcasting probably four or five years ago, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't necessarily a podcasting thing, it was more of a radio concept, and when you kind of look at my podcast, you can kind of notice that it still follows right. that yeah. format, of right. like, you know, conversation, music conversation, um, Music, yeah. because it was inspired by the fact that I used to love radio so much, because you could really go to the radio for like, though, music and not hear the same shit over and over, or sometimes, like back in the day, but... Now it's not, it's not about the music anymore. It's about the money and the revenue and it's a bunch of politics and all that kind of stuff. So during the mix of my blog, I did an interview with this uh, lady named Taylor Ray. And I tested the idea out of doing some kind of conversational piece. So we talked about love because a lot of her music is about love.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I was on like a DJ app, like like the, the, the whole virtual DJ thing. Mm. And all I did was record our, I recorded our conversation in, like, one piece, and mm-hmm. then just used, uh, like, chopped it up somehow, I kind of chopped it up, but then just placed it in the DJ, the virtual DJ thing, and then recorded it into, like, a show. And so it came out pretty, like, seamless and sent it to a couple of friends, and they're like, oh, this is so dope, this is a great conversation, it's so like, I'm there. All this good feedback, I mm-hmm. didn't do it. I didn't go forward with it, I didn't start planning things out, I just let it sit there, collect dust. And then, I think just years later, I started finding out what a podcast was. I think I found out by uh, watching Joe Budden. I came up with the Joe Budden podcast. Mm-hmm. Got it. And um, was like, what is like, what is a podcast? I had never heard of that. because my I was still thinking of doing radio type shit. Mm-hmm. And then once I kind of heard that podcast, I was like, okay, this is interesting. Then I went and heard It's The Real. Yeah. And I went and just like heard different people. Then I also, that's when I met uh, Tia Tammy and her podcast and Brittany and her podcast. hmm I was like, oh well, maybe, maybe that this is where I can finally channel that that avenue of wanting to do that radio shit into the podcasting space because eventually, radio is gonna die, and podcasting is gonna be the new radio. So mm-hmm. this is a great time to integrate the two and make something happen. And yeah, that's, that's what I made it all. Made it make sense for myself. So yeah,
0: that's fire. Yeah, it's dope.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, long time coming, but you gotta do things eventually.
1: Yeah Damn I had a question And then he started Going on about that part About Man I just fucked up I just uh, I, Fuck it up? Yeah I fucked up I <laughs> fucked up And I, I, I lost I was like just entranced With the story And I was like Oh shit What the fuck question Was I about to ask <laughs>
3: Feel free to cut me off Cut me off And get some ideas Nah no, It's so, all
1: good I mean I was I was interested That's why I lost it <laughs> So how,
0: how How long Have you been doing Your your current form podcast Where you actually got the You know oh, Devin no one cares You know ahead. You got your theme You got your logo like, like when did you Go 100% with Your current format
3: but my current format, I went 100% with that. I think on the 26th episode. And I think mm-hmm. right now I'm on episode 60 something. I'm getting close to episode oh, yeah. 70. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, it started off DNA podcast with me and a uh, friend of mine named Alvin. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just one of those things where after episode, we did this, like our first collab. Um, and they were just, we were just on some different pages. And the passion was different for both of us. And I was ready to really steer this shit to where it is today, Mm -hmm. and um, that's when I decided to like really like, hey, if if you don't have that same passion that I have for this, then we need to make an executive decision. As business people, not as friends, but as as the podcast,
1: hundred percent. You know,
3: (laughs) yeah, split, and that's when I started taking this shit super serious. I've always tried to make sure that it's it's it it involves me doing some graphic design stuff, and then at Mm -hmm. the same time putting light on people who are upcoming artists. So I did my DNA podcast artwork. It was a homie from homie of mine, really good friend of mine named Ray Dalamontes from Corpus Christi, from where I'm from.
2: Mm-hmm. And he did
3: the artwork. And people literally, when people saw that podcast artwork, people from Denver would go hit him up to do their artwork.
2: Mm. So like, it
3: was already working. And the same thing with this um this new artwork that I have now. Uh, his name is Lil', Lil Jones. So I forgot mm-hmm. how to say his name. But he makes these like cool little cartoon artwork pieces, and even Anderson Tag posted a picture of his. Yeah, um, and that was the thing it was like, hey, Rowan, are use your artwork, and he about sent it to me. I was like, no, put your tag on that shit. People could see that and hit you up. That's what the whole thing is about. Right, I don't you're doing things about getting credit. So that's kind of um, that's that's when I really started with. I think I want to say 26. almost like two years ago, when I really started getting shit cracking and, and taking it more serious, making it look official and.
1: No, that's dope. That's dope. Nice. So, uh, speaking of the format of the show, too, uh, I wanted to just uh, give um, our listeners uh, a piece of what you do on your podcast that I actually really enjoy, which is the mental health check-in. Um, nice. I wanted to do, if if you don't mind, like, we could just all go around the uh, the room um, <laughs> and uh, go ahead and do our check-in like he does on his podcast. Um
3: I rock with it. Let's
1: do yeah. It. <laughs> I'll go ahead and uh, start first. Um, I think I'm doing pretty well uh, mentally. I am, uh, I think this year has started off really well. Uh, some of my resolutions are going well. Um, uh, when I've been working out more. I've been eating healthier, drinking more water. Ooh, boom. <laughs> Way wait, wait, <I> to <laughs> put that go. in there. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, also, I think I have been um more focused on 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 what I want the podcast to be this year. Um we have a lot of different goals that we are um slowly checking off the list uh and preparing for. Um so yeah, I think mentally I'm I'm in a good space. I mean, I feel like I'm gonna get a promotion at work this year. I already got one last year, so you know. Oh, shit. Yeah, shit shit's going well for me. What about you, Set? All right. Um
0: <laughs> Mental health check-in, doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, podcast, obviously, you know, we're got the goals set, striving, trying to always grow. Um, Outside of podcast, you know, regular 9 to 5, things are also going pretty steady this year. Uh, lots of growth there also. Um, it's been more about, for me, I guess, just trying to, be clear of what the goals are and then stick into the process and trust mm. in the process.
2: Mm-hmm. Whether
0: it's podcast or work, you know, you may not see the results tomorrow. Right. But if you trust the process and stick to it, then, you know, those those uh, crops will grow and flourish. And you'll have, you know, plenty of shit to sit on later on when the winter comes. So, you know, that's that's kind of what I'm working on right now. Just staying true to the process, you know, whether it's relationships, work. Uh, hobbies, extracurriculars, just trusting the process and seeing everything through. Dope. What about you, Deb?
3: No, I talk with that. Um, my mental health is uh, I'm 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 pretty chillin'. It's actually I think I, I would say kind of resilient. Um, you know, hey. I'm fresh off of I helped I helped my um a podcast with an engineer um Bell and voices so they did their first live show for their hundredth episode the other day. Nice and. That was cool. It was a different experience to just learn how to do those things and to watch somebody overcome the nervousness of doing an event and putting that shit on. That's something I'm super nervous about all the time. And just how all that, that whole moment was just some some interesting things for me to kind of experience. And I've just been really busy lately. And I've been noticing that I'm not, I'm getting busy, but I'm not panicking and getting like super anxious. I'm getting Mm. busy and like stepping back. Looking at what is like there, and then taking it on that way, which has taken a long time to even get to that kind of way of thinking. So, I think it's just seeing some resilience, seeing some things that are actually, excuse me, behaviors that are actually paying off with uh, repetition and time. Um, I think that's that's really what it is, man. I'm tired as hell, sleep. <laughs> <sit>. So <laughs> that's where, yeah, everything's on the up and up. So awesome. I tweeted. I tweeted maybe like a week or two ago.
1: What I say, everything's gonna be more than okay, and I mm-hmm. constantly believe that. So, dope! Oh, I love it! I love it! Um. All right. Well, the last thing we want to ask you, and then we'll go ahead and hop into our format, um, is something that we ask everybody that's always on this show. Uh, what was the first <laughs> album that you ever bought with your own money? Own money.
3: Hmm. My own money.
0: Not a gift. I don't remember which one it was. <laughs> Not
1: a hand-me-down
3: <laughs>
0: record. You bought it.
3: The first one I ever bought was at Walmart back when they used to sell like all the like the,
2: the CDs and mm-hmm. all that like,
3: jazz. Because I couldn't buy uh, the parental advisory ones, I had to buy the no cursor ones. Even though like I'm not, like I have a CD player, and you're not gonna hear the music I'm listening to, so it shouldn't matter. But <laughs> my parents are my parents are who they are, so I got to get that version. But I think it was. Cause my brother gave me kind of a college dropout. Mm-hmm. So I definitely bought, the first thing I ever bought was the documentary.
0: Oh, damn game. game. Nice. Interesting. Damn, that's good. That yeah. Was the
3: first thing I ever bought. It was so weird. Me being from Texas, you would think that I would have bought like a, a, zero tape. or fall <laughs> Right, on, right, BDK, right. But I really came up on, on West Coast music heavy earlier. That was kind of like my first introduction into music. Uh, when it came to rap.
1: Interesting. Uh, we always tell yeah. our our uh, interviewee what ours was. Um, mine was Rough Riders, Volume One. That 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 oh, one. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's interesting <laughs> how you know, like the first album tells you a lot about somebody's personality. I
3: guess.
0: <laughs> what
1: about you said? <laughs> they
3: really do, honestly, especially that time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> My first was Busta Rhymes' "When Disaster Strikes." Mm. So it's it's Man. weird because we. We are both from the West Coast, and both of ours were definitely East Coast records. Right. So. Interesting, right? That's so crazy. <laughs> That's
3: super crazy. Right. All right. Buster well, I is a legend. I hope
1: he dropped an album this year. Buster? I don't know if I want to see hear that album, to be honest. <laughs> yeah! I love you, no. Bust, but I mean, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Prove me wrong, please. You know, a little seven-track
3: EP. Something small, you know? True. That's I mean, I if it's a hot seven. Project
0: a hot seven? It's got to be a hot seven. Yeah. I don't need a lukewarm I, seven. I'm going to
1: need him to go through about a hundred tracks before he gives me yes. that <laughs> seven. <then. laughs>
3: Damn. I'm not trying to play him. I'm a conversation for another
1: day. <laughs> I'm not trying to play him. I'm just saying he hasn't released music in a long time. And... You got to get back into that flow, and then you also got to find what your sound is in this in this era. So anyway, yes, conversation for another time. <laughs> um, Cedric, I guess uh, it's another thing that uh, Devin says that... So actually, let me just bring this up. The last episode that Devin listened to of ours, right? Um, he was yelling at me through the podcast because I couldn't get Drake's lyrics, right? So I want you... To play the verse game with him because he thinks he's so good at this verse shit. Okay.
3: <laughs> so just no, 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 no.
0: So Devin, one thing I always try to do is tie in the verse somehow to what the fuck we talking about on the episode.
1: Don't give him no hits. What
0: the fuck? I, I'm, I'm, well, I, if you listen, you figure that out. You should know that already. But it's always a tie-in. All right. So it's never gonna come out of left or right field. It's gonna come right down the center. All right. So. All right, well, I guess we should probably get ready for
1: this verse because here we go. All right, let's get ready for the verse. I
0: could break it down like whatever you want, you want. Get one, get one. All right, so I, I have to omit the first line of the verse cuz it will tell you what the name of the song is. Okay. But then I'm gonna jump right in. So just know there is a, f- a line before the one I'm gonna say. All right.
1: I'm I'm and I'm not right. going to guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and let Devin go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, help him like out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll help him out. I'll help him out. I'll help him out. I'm right. just kidding.
0: <laughs> Here we go. Ba 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 ba. And they love them glow boys. No, we from the go boy, but we cannot go boy. No, I don't know, old boy. I know he's a broke boy. Oh
1: shit! Ba 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 ba. <laughs> like what? <laughs>
0: That's the bars I couldn't say.
1: Yeah. Damn. Hey,
3: can, we, can we can you can you can you play that back? When that back. Yeah, yeah.
0: We want Intellecta? And they love them glow boys. No, we from the go boy. But we cannot go, boy. No, I don't know, old oh, oh boy.
1: So we know this person's definitely from Chicago. He
3: I
0: was co-
1: about to
3: say that. I do not want to play
1: myself, but. <laughs> we know he's from Chicago. Um, no,
0: I don't know, old oh boy. I know he's a broke boy. Rari's in these Rovers. Convertible Lambos, boy. Is Chief Keith? He said Chief Keith. It is Chief Keith. Uh, What's the song? Well, What's the song? Oh
3: shit.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Oh uh, uh is it Lost Sosa? Yeah. Oh, shit.
0: Yes, fun. yes. Uh he he got you though. He, he got it. He got it. He
1: got it. He got it, yeah. So like
3: you he... do a trendy filming watching? No, no, no. <laughs> somebody cut off his mic.
1: Cut off his mic. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> talking about me? I know. I'm not to say I'm talking about somebody cut off his mic. It's me.
0: <laughs> And he got it, just like he said he would. Oh yes, he God. did. Hey, it's all good. Good job, good job, my friend. got nervous
1: for a second, but it's all good. I did, honest, I was sweating. I was like, what
3: the fuck it? It's like, oh,
0: shit. <laughs> it's hard when you're on the spot. You're like, oh, shit, I know yep. that. But do I know mm-hmm. that? All right. That part, when I first heard that I was thinking Young Thug. I was
3: like, Why am I thinking Young Thug for?
1: But, yeah. Eh, I mean, yeah, Young Thug and We From The Go Boy. That, that is, I mean, I understand, but I don't.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: yeah yeah, cool, all right, cool, um, uh, let's go ahead and get into this trend of music, um, what's right now, I believe the top three on the billboard the last time I checked was Roddy Rich, the box, um <laughs> again, um, Drake and future, life is good,
0: and then post Malone circles, nobody cares about him though no i I think it's really interesting that. Roddy Rich is still number one ahead of Drake and Future and Post Malone, who collectively run the charts. I Mm -hmm. mean, Post Malone has been number one or top five on the charts for, like, the last three years. Like, it's insane, his run. It's Uh, dumb. I hate it. I I don't like his music, and I— Maybe I'm old or something. I don't know who listens to his music either. <laughs> like, like the Venn diagram of my friends does not include no. one person that listens to Post Malone. Exactly. But he has enough people outside of my circle to be number one for a very long time. So You know why? Because
1: they are listening to his music on a playlist that's not muted but low at the night.
0: <laughs> All right, Justin Bieber, calm down. <laughs> Calm down, Biebs.
3: <laughs> I did a whole campaign for Roddy Rich. Every yeah. day I woke up, I was like, hope oh, y'all playing at Roddy Rich." Hey, hey are you playing that shit this morning? I saw morning? that on Twitter. You playing Roddy Rich yet? Yeah. Every day, I was, about, I was going to go beat him. I was like, man, we're going to Black History Month like this.
1: Or I know, right? It's all right,
3: I do think Post Malone makes great radio music, though. I don't like him either. Like, I'm not a fan of him. and He has a huge fan base. And I've noticed that he makes really good Radio, pop music, and even that circle song is super poppy and like a radio hit like a radio single
0: I guess no, it is, but <laughs> I think the problem I have with him is he he sounds like his sound is as if he was made in a factory like it was like let's make a pop hip hop factory sounding song and he just happened to be the artist that it stick is stuck with like i don't I don't feel the music he makes is super authentic to who he is. I feel like he makes it because he knows it's going to be popular.
3: I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's so weird. I have a hard time judging Post Malone because he's one of those artists you know every now and then you see a tweet and it's like who's, who's an artist that you just don't like? Like, Not even because of music you just don't like them. Not to me Post Malone. Like, I just don't. I've never. I've never liked them. It just never had an appeal to me. I can name five other white rappers I like more than Post Malone and they may not even make as people may not even think they make as good music as he does but I just don't like Post Malone.
1: Same. I'll take Machine Gun Kelly over Post Malone any day. Oh, oh God damn. Yep. Oh. I can't. I can't. I don't even listen to Machine Gun Kelly. I mean, I mean I'll you say
0: Yellow Wolf over Post Malone. I have to say.
1: I, that's what I'm I, saying though. I, I
0: don't know about Machine Gun
1: Kelly though. I don't want to listen to Post Malone. I don't like him. I don't think he's a good artist. I think he's a culture vulture. I don't want I don't want anything to do with that man. I don't I don't know this man. I mean, he's a
3: good artist. You do have to admit he's a good artist. He can play the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like a good musician even though we don't like him but like from what he's done career wise I don't know if that's by musician. his
1: design or by something else I don't believe that's it true. you know he needs more people ah, yeah I don't yeah, believe yeah. him he needs more people he's got all the people on the charts so <laughs> <laughs> <For real>? <laughs> right <laughs> I mean,
3: I'm like
1: alright yeah alright cool okay well We're let's go ahead yeah go ahead that,
3: that'll qu- um Have y'all talked about the Drake and Future song? We
1: talked about it a little bit last cast. A bit, yeah. What's up? What you want to say?
3: Okay, Uh, let me ask y'all a question. So I think Drake's verse, I think Drake's part was the best. Future's part to me wasn't that impressive. Right. I've been meeting people who hear Future's music and hear the pain that people have been talking about and the toxicity. And I, I hear the toxicity for sure. But. Reason whenever I hear Future, I don't hear I hear the pain, but I don't believe none
1: of it. And I have no sympathy for him. Should I feel bad? No. That is my exact sentiment.
0: Me and you are on the same wavelength. Um She literally talked about this for a minute last week, but yeah, yeah go ahead and I don't um
1: the only thing that I could I ever really commend Future on musically is that he does things in different ways. Um and a lot of these people out here are clones of who Future is. Like a lot of the the like Soundcloudish rappers to me are clones of him. Mm-hmm. But some of the things that Future does, like Future does not speak to me. Like I don't hear. Like when when you when you just said like people say that he they hear his pain. I don't see where they hear pain because. Mm-hmm like yeah he could be talking about like maybe losing someone or something like that but it doesn't seem like it's not the same sentiment like it doesn't speak to me it doesn't like reach me the way it might reach other people i don't know like i i totally agree with what you what you what you said yeah i mean yeah.
3: I, and I guess it's just because go ahead my bad, go
0: ahead i haven't heard pain from future in a while it's been a lot of uh triumphantness and you know He's fucking all these bitches and doing all this fun stuff, but I I don't hear a lot of pain in his music anymore. Like it's not, it's not painful. It's 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 more braggadocious and just you know rapper stuff. You know mm-hmm. it's not it's not super deep pain yeah. to me. Yeah, I'm
3: tired. The last time I heard pain was that series he did with the white cover. It was the white cover and the gold cover, but they were like really close to each other. Mm. When the mask came out, or that mask. Off oh, mask. Came off. Out. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, the wizard. Was that no,
0: wizard or
3: no, no. no? It was before that. It was like he had dropped a, a cover. With, he had dropped one that was, like gold, it was like a gold, like a yellow or gold cover. Was it and Future and, it and then
0: Hendrix? Yeah. Uh,
3: future yeah, Hendrix. Yeah. Future I Hendrix. was like, "Oh, okay." Right. But the softer side, or more, you know what I mean? But I, I don't know. I've just been running into people lately, and they've been like, "You don't hear the pain in music. Like, you don't hear that even." No, nope. but listening to life is good. And this girl was like, "Wow," like he's really gone through some stuff. And I'm like, "What?"
2: How did oh,
1: you get kind of that? Like, what do you mean? I almost want to be like, are you he's listening or? Like, yeah.
3: <laughs> that's, that's my trip. Is like, are you listening or if, am I not listening? Like,
1: what am I? Yeah. But,
3: yeah.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. But I don't get features. it. I think I'm just old. Like, yeah. is that, like, could that be a thing? Just. But he's 27. He's not that old. I mean, we only got six years on him, but it's still.
0: I, I don't know. That was not a "oh my god" call for help verse from Future. No, like, that was <laughs> it's, the name no, of the song is "Life Is Good." Like I'm good, <laughs> nigga. Like I'm great.
3: <laughs> but yeah. He's in the hook saying I ain't been the same since, and I was like, all right. I mean, I get it, but it's, I mean, he's saying more other shit than he is trauma. Like, yeah, no,
0: mm-hmm. I, this is not for me. Nope. No, he's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Future's fine. He's good.
1: Well. Let's go ahead and get into this hip-hop cafe because I know somebody that does sound like they've got some pain. (laughs) And that motherfucker's name is Mick Jenkins. (laughs) Uh, Let's go ahead and play this whack-ass beat. Give me a second. (laughs) Oh, shit. I should have this queued up. Here we go. It's so slow. I'm going to stop it right now. That, that was
3: horrible. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's, that's how we get into it on your grandson San Andreas. <laughs>
1: that's wow. Oh, that was our old hip hop. cafe That was a classic
3: game. Yeah, sure. That was a classic game.
1: True. True. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, the reason why it's that tempo is because the other beat, the beat for uh, the verse, has to be that tempo,
0: or it sounds weird. Oh you, yeah, and
1: you know it's all in the same project. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> that's funny. That's uh, let's go ahead and get into this hip hop cafe. All right, so today we will be talking about Mick Jenkins, Mick, and his project called The Circus. Um, let's go ahead and give him a round of applause. Because he's getting talked about on one of the best hip-hop podcasts out here, Through the Crate. Um, (laughs) Through the Crate, Through the Crate, Through the Crate. Um, Yeah, so how do you guys want to start this off? You want to just do some overalls? You want to go like a song by song since it's only eight songs? Like, how do you want to do this? Let's just start with some overall thoughts. All right, cool. Um, Overall thoughts. I'll go ahead and start. My overall thought was that this is a very different project that I've... um, Heard from Mick in a while. Um, if I want to go back to the last album that we officially reviewed on uh, our podcast, which was the healing component, and, and then I come up to, and I go from that and, uh, album to, uh, what was it, Pieces of a Man, Yep. and then to this now, right? There's only three in between. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hear that he is, uh, like, this one's a different sound for him. He's normally very, um, experimental, very, um, he's got like that neo soul to him. Cause you know, like one of his favorite artists is, uh, Jill Scott. Um, and if you listen to this project, he's, he's kind of saying I could do what y'all do, but in a better way, kind of thing. Um, I just, I just hear like, he's, he's using more like punchy drums and, and more, and like more just, uh, more loops instead of like very musical beats, so like this the sonic the the soundscape is different um but the the content isn't which is what I love um I because he's always been been uh talking about just a lot of just just all of the real shit that you know we as black people go through um he's always been um you know preaching that same element water <laughs> uh right. So I I was pleasantly surprised by this one. I think this one was uh easily digest e- easy to digest. Uh eight songs, an easy listen. I don't think I had to skip one. Uh overall project. I thought this was dope. Um, yeah. What do you think, Dev? Me? Yeah. Dev and said okay. kind of sound uh, the I, same. I, My bad. I, I, <laughs> hey
3: Dion Uh, uh Honestly, I thought this was a dope album. Um, mm-hmm. I think the last project he had was uh, what was it called? We just we just fucking said it. Uh, pieces of a man. That's the healing component. Pieces of a man. Yeah. Um, but I think cause in between the gap of pieces of a man and the healing component, didn't he drop like two like, little small big state projects, like something more anxious and something? Yeah, like two little projects that I didn't listen to in between. But to me I totally felt missed. Them. Yeah, reminiscent of. Every, like, style that he's done before. Kind of saying, like, it kind of felt like to me that he, just showing that he's also evolved, but he's also, like, like he still has his old, like, people, a lot of artists, when, they're, um, when their favorite art starts to grow, we sometimes, well, man, I miss the old whatever. I miss the right. old whatever. And I felt like the circus was kind of him showing, I can juggle everything. Like, I can do this new shit. I can do my old shit. I can, like, it, it was just kind of the culmination of it. And, mm-hmm. um... Because the whole time I listened to his project, because the healing component was really like more, so he was doing like, kind of like I guess you could say more, I don't say singing, but more melodic things. Yeah. Um. And then Pieces of the Man was still him rapping a bit more. It had a different vibe to it. But this album is probably, or this, uh, the circus is probably the closest I've ever felt to um something that feels like The Waters. Yeah. Uh, I think it was The Waters? Yeah. In kind of a yeah. long time, <clears throat> which is refreshing to me, because yes. that was one of my favorite projects of his, period. Mm-hmm. So just to hear him kind of have that going on and have all that different production, to hear him in black milk, that was like that Yo. was a great I think Carefree is amazing. Yeah. To hear him link up with Earth Gang and uh, they've been doing that recently. They've yeah. been doing a couple collabs from Earth Game Projects to, to this one. So mm-hmm. I think they make a great um like that's probably one of my favorite songs is to, like like that whole setup is dope. So I I think this is just an amazing effort by Nick. There's no skips on this thing. Everything knocks From front to back Like one of those things Where you can listen to All the way through And even repeat it And it still won't lose The value that, he, that it has to it So I think Mick really I think this is the beginning Of like a really strong And solid year for me yeah.
0: yeah Yeah no I mean I think that's a good point You know where You go from beginning to end And then by the time You get to the end You just want to start it Back over again And see what you missed Along the way You know like The whole yeah. journey is, is enjoyable And you know uh it's it's like a road trip you know you you, you want to drive through once looking out the left side drive through another time looking out the right side and it's like every time i listen to this thing i picked up on some new bars or i picked up on something else he was tying together um and yeah i think i mean the earth gang edition was huge i mean that it just they the the sounds uh mixed together so well i mean not just the way it sounded sonically but also everybody kind of being on point with their bars and, and, and keeping the whole theme of, you know, whether it's packing light or it's, you know, showing light or giving light, you know, kind of playing off of that whole theme of the light. And, uh, I mean, yeah, that was a dope song. Um, and just, I mean, his, his song structure, I think was a little bit different in this one too, where he didn't, he didn't approach each each song with the, okay, here's, here's the verse, here's the chorus, here's the bridge. I mean, there's, some songs where it's literally just like two verses or like one and a half verses, and he'll sing a line from one of the verses halfway into the chorus, and it just kind of structures the songs a little unorthodox, but it it definitely works. And you know, some of these songs just kind of have that free like freedom of thought, where he's just kind of spitting and just kind of giving us a piece of whatever he's thinking mm-hmm. without being super focused on it has to fit into this perfect box or the song structure has to be perfectly this way, which I think is really refreshing. And And that's how I like my rap. That's how I like my hip-hop, where it's just like raw 100%, yeah. and it's just, you know, unrefined. Give me that, you know, raw brown sugar. I don't need that, that like, white shit. You know what I mean? I need that that raw straight from the sugar cane. So that's, <laughs> th- that's kind of how I felt about this project. And, I mean, it was... Just bars on top of bars on top of bars, and
1: yeah, I I mean speaking, if we go from the first track, same old. I like like just speaking about what you were just saying, um, like giving you like the bars and the substance, but not doing too much or taking too much away. Yeah, um, one of those lines. It's it's not the Peter Parker face, but niggas eyes wide. I wouldn't call it the Spidey sense, but it's just the sticky fingers, like all of that, like just just fleshing out a full. Bar and squeezing every ounce of the concept out without overdoing it. It's it's amazing how he has the ability to do it. Effortlessly too. Yes, effortlessly.
3: Effortlessly, like yeah. it sounds. So it sounds like he doesn't do a bunch of takes. That's how effortlessly <laughs> it right. sounds like right. when you rap. It right. Right. Happens. I mean, yeah, and and also, my bad. Also, I don't. I, I do not want this to go under said. I know he did a different. yeah a different production throughout the entire project. Yeah. To open up the track. With the Hip Boy production, mm-hmm. I, that can't be understated. Hip Boy is one of the best producers of our of generation. Our time, yes. and that's why I sometimes doesn't get a lot of the credit he deserves. So for mm-hmm. me, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of Mick and Hip Boy collab. So to hear that collaboration and hear those two link up from mm-hmm. Chicago to the West Coast and to make something like that, to open up a track was just. I really hope they have more in the work going going forward in the future for sure.
1: Definitely. One uh critique I'll give about that first track though is that it was mixed very poorly. If you go from that song to Carefree, you can even tell the loudness is horrible. Like um yeah. uh what's his face? His 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 uh mixed voice sits back in the mix. The bass is very forward. Um it, there's just it's it's not a very good um like it's 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 almost it's unfortunate. Because it's such a good song, it's such a good intro. Like the what he's saying throughout that whole song too is just amazing. And the fact that uh, you have, to, I have to like turn my my headphones down every time I listen to this after that first song is kind of annoying. I know it's like a first world problem, but but like you are a, a professional artist, and and uh, I just I, it almost makes me think like this was a, a last minute throw on to the project because it was so fire they had to get it on there and. Uh, kind of rushed that one so that's that's one of my critiques for that though um i
3: guess that's a good ear i'm sorry i, I didn't really catch that but that's, that's a good ear i didn't really catch that but when mm-hmm. you probably sit down and like really like when you have the ears that you have I can totally
1: see that. <laughs> yeah i mean I, I also like i've i've been in mixed sessions and, and like understand like uh what goes into those things like what goes into it a lot too so it I don't know, like, I was listening to it on Spotify, so it could be different from platform to platform, I'm not sure. But um, I know a lot of times if you're distributing your music, it's going to be from the same mastered mixes. So, Um, but anyway, that's what I heard. Um, But another thing I want to actually say about this project is that he introduces... Like, there's a there's one concept that flows throughout this whole um, project, and he introduces his Mustang as his boo. Mm-hmm. And at, on first listen, I thought it was just his Mustang, and then he was referring to another fiancé or something like that. It's but the same thing. It's the same thing throughout, throughout the whole, the whole project. Yep. And I thought that was awesome because, one, first of all, that's one of my favorite cars. Like, if I can ever get a 69 Fastback, that would be amazing. Uh, um, Yeah. He just got a, <laughs> it was a, sorry, he got a call on the phone. It's
0: not important. Not important. I had to <laughs> hang it up. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, Ben. <laughs> anyway, you no, know, I mean, that's yeah. that's something that, that Mick is known for doing on all of his projects. Mm-hmm. It's kind of having a theme throughout, you know, and I think having the Mustang being a centerpiece, I think kind of speaks more to a bigger idea of what he was going with with this project, which mm-hmm. is kind of like making fun of or like poking fun or maybe not even poking fun but just bringing a light to the fakeness that is like hip-hop and like just the industry mm-hmm. and you know people wanting to expecting him to shine and show off all his jewels and the fancy cars he's got he's like nah bro i bought this mustang for five thousand i put 25 in it's the car i wanted. Mm-hmm. i fixed it up i made it just the way i want it and that and that's that's me you know i don't need to do what all these other guys do. I don't need to go out here and flaunt and do all this extra shit, you know. Uh, and you know, talking about you know, oh, there's, there's there's a big elephant in the room, you know, like. Mm-hmm. And they've got what do you say in the uh, the last song? They have uh, they have poachers out here. Yeah, he said. Somebody told too.
1: us that this is the zoo. There's elephants in the room. Uh, fuck. In the room said But he was talking new. about how yeah.
0: how th- the poachers are using sedatives to kill the elephants in the room. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought that was personally a, just kind of a, a playoff of like hip hop and how the industry in general has all these kids on a bunch of drugs and just, you know, we see it. You know, we just lost Juice World. you know, from all this stuff, Mac Miller, yada, yada, yada. So it's just kind of the culture now being really drug heavy and wanting to, to tear us down and... I feel like he just he just wants to shine light to that. Like it's, mm-hmm. it, it it's a circus, bro. It's a zoo. You know. Hence, I played the, the salsa song for the first. For the uh,
2: yeah.
1: There you go. Hey. Tie together.
3: Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Damn. Uh, I wonder what I'm doing for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting to kind of get this alternative take on hip hop in 2020 when the majority of the industry is kind of going one way and he's going a different way.
1: Yeah. What were some of your guys' favorite songs off the project?
0: Carefree, light, and of course, Different Scales. So those three? Different Scales is probably by far my favorite song. Yeah, that one got all the
1: bars. Uh, Different Scales. Uh, Let me just go in on that one, just (laughs) (laughs) bar-wise. We gotta break that down. Uh, In Pole Position, Had to Strip It Down. Uh, double entendre on that motherfucker That I just found out today Like at first I understood like pole position Strip it down strippers pole But Ben just had to explain to us What pole position means Like in horse racing you have to qualify right Or is uh, it just car racing. car racing Excuse there me was- not horse racing my bad I thought it was, for some reason I when he gave me the thing I was just thinking about horses <laughs> in horse racing.
3: <laughs> I was thinking about horses. If a tag bracket. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I
2: know, right?
1: <laughs> no, but in in uh racing in general, yeah, uh, you you get your pole position by qualifying in uh like by do, going around the the track at the fastest. So uh understanding like what he means by that like I'm pole position I'm, I I got the pole I'm first like I'm there. I'm stripping it down too, like, and I'm stripping it down ra- like bare bars. Oh, for sure, I'm rare. Stripping it down, there Uh, I should be a rapper. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And then like you for the gram, what we weighing this shit
0: on different scales? Like, it's just amazing. I can keep going. Yeah, no, and I mean, <laughs> one of the things he does that's dope on this song is he does it kind of throughout. Is he'll He'll use that ending line to kind of set up the starting of the next bar, mm-hmm. but then use that to then take it somewhere completely different, and then the kind of tying things together throughout to kind of expand on this bigger idea. It's it's something again a lot of rappers these days can't do. It's like you you get a bar, then the next bar is completely unrelated. You know he yeah. he has a way to kind of tie and knit all this shit together. Um, I wonder
1: how long it takes him to write a song. I
0: don't know. Like this,
1: like I wonder if it comes easy or if you know, fuck, I gotta work on getting him on the podcast.
0: But Devin, <laughs> you you actually made a point that kind of uh, when you were talking about your growth as a podcast and kind of you know working with people who you felt w- wanted to give equally and work with you. I mean, Mick talks about that on this project. You know, he says uh, exploring business ventures with my fellowship uh, eliminated the light bulbs with no filament. You ain't in my circle if we're not intimate on some level, you know? So it's like, I mean, it's, again, like you a double-triple entendre. He's, he just had a song with Earth Gang, the only feature on the album, mm-hmm. called The Light, right? So he's sharing the light with people who do have a filament, right? Because the name of the song was Light. Um, and it's just it's just saying that you really should not be hanging out with people who aren't going to build you up, or who aren't going to, you know, at least let you be yourself. So, I mean, yeah, it was... Just bar after bar on that.
1: And going back to that Earth Game thing, Spillage Village. I'm more Capadonna. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he's understanding that like he's kind of like an uh, honorary me- member of Spillage Village since they're on tour right now and all that shit. But yeah. For sure. Yeah. Dope. Dev, what was your favorite songs? Man, my I, honestly, my favorite songs. Let, let me pull it back up
3: this album real quick. my favorite song Carefree, just because. I mean, I, I didn't even realize how much him and Black Milk have kind of worked over the past couple of years, and Black Milk to me is fucking amazing. Same, I feel like, you. From the rap and shit to the production, he's just so crazy. Um, but Carefree is definitely one of my favorites and the light Care I've been playing Carefree and the light heavy, mm-hmm. but it's also just hard to even pick another favorite track on that because what happens is I let the whole shit play, and that does yeah. not happen often. Like it I can't doesn't. play and shit the whole way through. I go with the box, yeah. I'm like I go and I'm, fucking high fashion but like with this i just keep playing it all the way through and that's why nick jenkins is just consistently been one of my favorite artists because he kind of has a currency effect to me and by the or what i'm saying here
2: mm.
3: at a certain point i thought currency had a currency effect um and that effect was basically just consistently making what you want making your music and it is always being good mm-hmm. like pilot talk even the mixtapes that he did, like they're just always good and they always deliver, but they all weren't the exact same and all that kind of stuff. I like thought with Me Jenkins, he's been doing different stuff, but not experimenting so far right or left to where you just feel like he's too far gone. Mm. And it's just like this 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 album again is just kind of I don't know, it's nostalgic in a sense, but it's also just like, damn, he like he has another level to him. Like that yeah. didn't even catch. So it's carefree in the light. And the light is just because Earth, when I think of Nick Jenkins' style of rapping, I don't think of any other artists who have that delivery, that, that, that punchline, that attention to, to, to lyricism the way he does. I mean, when I do, it's like the greatest, like Hendrix and Absol and shit like that. But yeah. Earth Gang, and I know I, I don't like making comparisons, I really don't, but they're probably going to be the closest thing we get lyrically to Outcast for the rest of our generation with the way they sound and the way they kind of deliver different sounds to experiment with their music. Mm-hmm. And I think they're a duo that raps on that same caliber like with Ben Jenkins. I can only imagine that their chemistry in the studio was pretty, pretty fluid. Yeah. Because even on this album, like this song, it just sounds so unforced. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. to, put, to put Olu there, opening it up, still have him on the hook, singing melodically, and then to cap it off with Oh, I forgot his name. I won't say the Instagram name because that's not his real name. But to cap it off with him at the end and make in the middle, like that's just a carefully planned scheme. I don't know. It was just super dope. But The Light is my, by my, my far, favorite track. But Carefree is just super far too. Yeah. I like got a different track every month. That's my
1: favorite. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have to uh, agree with Carefree and The Light. Um, I think I go back and forth between those two as well. Um, different scales is dope. Bar wise, but if if I wanted to listen to a song, I think Carefree and the Light are, are the two that I would i I'd, I'd stick with. One of the things I really like uh, from like I keep I keep stressing this on the podcast: say things in different ways, right? Um, Johnny mm-hmm. Venus really blew my mind with this line um, when he goes, "Laid my suitcase down like prom night, zipped it open, start pulling out." tossing memories, socks, thoughts, who pretend to be, boxer briefs, pants, pictures of frenemies killing me. Like, the thought process there and, like, the visual yeah. and, and, and the, the way he taught, tied that together was so crazy to me. Um, like, makes—I I, just—I love the visual. I love the analogy. Yeah. Um, I love seeing that creativity. And then I think about, like, how young these kids are, too, And not young, but just like what, like I try and put myself in their position when I was their age.
3: They're
1: definitely young. True. I try. I'm trying not to be like old lady this, old lady that, but you know what I mean. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm just trying to be like you know, I I put myself in their position. I don't think I was putting words together like this when I was there. No,
0: and I mean, you know what I mean. It's that bar is crazy because even the way he sets it up, he's like, I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the quote in my mind, pack light starts to echo. Yes. Right? So he starts it off with packing light. The name mm-hmm. of the song is The light. light. And it's just the way he kind of ties all that shit together. It's so, it's, yeah. it's crazy to me.
1: Um, and so that's why that's one of my favorite songs, just because not only is he saying things different, the the chorus is amazing. Uh, the way it's it's sung... The way it makes you feel, it 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 feels like light, and I, I hate to get trying to like kind of like existential on you, but you know what I mean. Like it feels good. It feels very warm and 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 uh, and um, enlightening. You know what I mean. So <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 just one of those things that feel good, and um, one of the things I have to say about Mick though too is that his charisma on the mic, like his his bravado, his his Um, authority in his music is ridiculous to me. Um, I try and think about him when I compare it to, um, actually, I don't think his, his bravado or his, his authority on the mic is, is, uh, easily compared. Like, I don't Mm -mm. think there's, there's a lot of people that can do what he does on a mic. Like and a, command your attention like that, you know. And I think that has yeah. to go come from like a, a, po- a poetry standpoint too, like a overnight snap your fingers type shit, you know. Yeah. What
0: I, mean? I mean, he's also six five and has a freaking baritone ass yes. voice. Yes. I mean, but <laughs> the voice helps.
1: You don't know what a nigga look like when he's on the mic though. So, <laughs> like, if I'm if I if, if I if I'd, if I'd never seen Mick Jenkins before, I think I'd still get that from his of course, music. Yeah. So it's just interesting. So yeah, the light probably I'd say today the light is my favorite. That's dope. Um, what else? All right. Well, does anybody else want to say anything? Oh, the fit I love that chorus. <laughs> you know, and then also uh, there's a a line in the fit um, dropping jewels, uh, was it dropping jewels? Nigga's dying off the vapor, like what? Like this man just got quotable for days on this Shut motherfucker. It. Like,
3: it's crazy. But that's the brilliance of Mick. Is like, and I, I mean, I can't, I cannot mention too many artists today that I go back and listen to it and get something different every time. I'm like mm-hmm. that art, and that that kind of um, pleasure that I used to get from music. I remember listening to Little Wayne and then listening to Lil Wayne songs later and being like, oh, 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 like oh, that, yeah. that was oh. Yeah. Shit, or like with Lupe Fiasco Especially with Lupe Fiasco Yes um, But with Nick I feel like I've been doing This, this whole project Like mm-hmm. Me and you were talking about it And I was like He says bitch a lot And I was like Is yep. that just my, my ears like, What's going on and you're like He's talking about his car And I went mm-hmm. back and listened to him And was like Oh he really is It's just like a play on words And he just And now I'm listening to it Deeper Like different ears And yep. touching different things And it's like an unforgotten art It's like a forgotten art Yes That it is. people don't always use But it's good that it's that way Because everybody can't do that shit like that's the thing that you can't water down. It's almost like, like like a jujitsu or some kind of like black belt. You can't like the shit isn't overnight. You can't carbon copy it. If you got to work for it.
0: Definitely. Yeah, unique words is one of those things that kind of got lost. You know. Yeah. Using those unique words. Yeah. So So um, some of the greats have higher unique words per per line. So Mick is definitely one of those guys. Love for it. Sure.
1: All right. Well, that was the Hip Hop Cafe unless anybody had something else they wanted to say. Loved it. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> uh damn. All right. Well, let's go ahead and hop into this uh new shit cuz we about to be running a little bit long. But uh,
0: <laughs> it's almost an hour on this motherfucker. Uh let's run through some shit. Let's run um, through it. you know some important things happened this, this past week and a half. They did, did they? Um, Eminem dropped a surprise album.
1: Oh,
0: I'm just kidding. Uh. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn.
1: He doesn't Hopefully get any respect.
0: Play-o. Well, you know what? Then this this quote is for you. <laughs> um, old man Ebro, if you uh-huh. guys don't know who that is. High 97. 97. Oh, thanks. Echo, Ooh. echo, echo bars. All right. Um, he had a tweet that was extremely controversial. Um, the tweet is, Eminem treats rap... How black folks have had to treat life, be five times better, work five times harder than everyone, and still not necessarily get respect. Go. Go? Yeah, what do you, what do you mean? No.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Who wants to start? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean go? If we got somebody on the phone. You have to, like, direct the attention, man. <laughs> Whoever wants
0: to go first, please, somebody tear this man a new one, because I'll have my piece in a second. <laughs> Trusty. what do you think?
1: No. Don't go to me because you already know what I think. <laughs> Dev, I'm going to you. Let's
3: pass all it right. up. <laughs> so, with it fell <laughs> on my lap. Um. So, basically, when I when I saw this tweet, at first I didn't say did too much of it because Eros always saying some shit like this. Right. Eros always, oh, every like, once a month, he'll say a tweet that just like turns up the fucking Twitter world when it comes to hip hop all the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. And when I saw this, at first I just glanced by it and was like, no, like, no, whatever. But I'm I'm just looking at it, and to me, it's just, (laughs) this new generation doesn't really have any respect for Eminem, and that's fine, that's okay, because they didn't grow, hip-hop has totally changed, it's a big shift and big change from when we grew up with Eminem and what that sounded like Mm -hmm. to what Eminem was on today. Like, Eminem does not, will not, and cannot fit in this generation of, of music today, like he it's like he just can't. He just right. can't. And I thought like that's something he also can't accept.
2: Mm-hmm. I think this
3: album is probably the closest that we've got to maybe him finding sounds and finding ways to make himself sound um, relevant in today's generation. Mm-hmm. But I'm, like, I, even when I first started the project, I was like, man, are we back with this slashing shit again? <laughs> again? Like, right, no. Yeah. Like, I, you know what I mean? And so when, when he's like Eminem, Treats rap how black folks. First of all, I thought it was a a, eel comparison because it's like Eminem is also white. He's also afforded a privilege that a lot of uh, he white privilege. Like he's afforded that that pleasure to be a white artist and have damn near all the backing he wants. You
2: Mm -hmm. know what I mean?
3: Like he's afforded a lot, and he came in when he came into the game. Though his road might have been hard, he was with Dre, which is one of the biggest people at the time, and like his shit just took off. Right. I mean, like. I'm not saying he didn't have to work hard, but the way people have to work today to make success, to to be on his level, is going to be a lot harder than it was when Eminem came up. And black folks, like, no matter how hard we fucking work yes, of course, we still don't necessarily get the respect that we deserve, but Eminem is fighting for respect that he doesn't even fucking need. He doesn't (laughs) even need the respect. What What does he want? Like, he doesn't even need the shit. He, just, he always finds a way to complain for the people who don't like his shit, and he's such a critic of, like, that stuff. Like, Wale, in the sense. Like, Wale is mm. an amazing artist. He always mm. wants the approval of people who don't mm. want to give him, you know, some kind of approval. It's like, stop trying to find peace in people who don't give that to you, who aren't going to give that to you. Like, you can't do it. And Eminem continuously does that. He's continuously sensitive, like, it's just ridiculous. That's why I, I, I appreciate Royce the 5'9 so much more than I used to because even though people don't give him the respect that he deserves and he's a legend in his own right, he's still like, yo, I'm going to go make the music. that I'm going to make and have the impact within my community whether y'all see it or not. Right. And Eminem, I feel like, is always trying to be like, oh, I think I can't do that shit, watch me. I think I can't do that shit, watch me. And it's just like, I think Eminem also can't accept the fact that he is not... He's not aging well now. Yeah. Like Jay Z aged well. I was just gonna say that. He's just just not aging well. I think he's just having a hard time and I think it's just like an ego thing. And I don't think he has the right people around him to Mm -hmm. relay that message to him. And I mean, I can't blame you. How can you tell an icon that Mm -hmm. you're not cool no more? Right. I was just gonna go a little off.
1: Yeah, I, I was just gonna say that like I think M is mad that he's not Jay Z. Because I think he like yeah. it's it, it's a it, I almost feel like he thinks that he should be like a direct parallel to him, but he's not. You know, he doesn't make good music anymore. I, I completely agree with your sentiment in regards to, uh, you know his his uh music is not for this generation. You ha- he has the lyrical ability. I love that that still that muscle is still sharp. That 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 he his that pen is still sharp, but. Like, I mean, I listened to, like, maybe the first few songs on that album, and it was not bad. Like, that song with Young and M.A. was was dope, actually. But then yeah. you give me a fucking song with Ed Sheeran, and this <laughs> shit sounds like what white people do with hip-hop, and that's not good. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I need Ed Sheeran out of hip-hop forever. I
3: don't want to <laughs> hear him with Stormzy. I I don't want to hear him with fucking Pharrell. I don't want to hear him with anybody yeah. I can't. Like, no, like, just take a break. I just think he
1: needs to just stick over there with, like, the shape of you type shit, and, like, he'll be all right. Like, I love that you love hip-hop, bro, but don't don't be on nobody's hooks. I can't. I can't but, do it. And I
3: feel bad. <laughs> like, at this point, I feel like hip-hop's bullying at Sharon when he comes over here. Like, he comes into <laughs> the lunchroom, Right, <laughs> what the fuck you doing over here? Niggas right. <laughs> nigga stop banging on the
1: table and shit. They be like, god damn, here <laughs> yeah, comes this nigga. He yeah, like nothing but love for us. He He's like, like, hey guys, can, can I hang out with you? Oh, out shit. Of you know what's hella funny though? And <laughs> <laughs> Sharon, Sharon be coming over with his own pencil to try and like bang on the t- table and everybody just fucking leaves. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, man, fuck <laughs> it.
3: You gotta go clap. early. I'm out.
1: Oh, Crazy. or it could be like, what did what did Ed Sheeran do for that one award show where he had like everything and he he was just doing like a looper thing? Oh yeah, he built up his old thing. Yeah. Ed Sheeran comes over to the lunch table with that shit, and niggas is just like, man, nigga, like, come on. <laughs> Only
0: yeah. got
3: fucked something up. Only got fucked right. Something
0: up. <laughs> but I feel like we're all forgetting something here. Yeah. Uh, Eminem didn't make these comments. Mm. Ebro did. So True. Eminem never yeah. said he wasn't getting respect. <laughs> Right. Ebro, who's a grown ass fucking man, who's lived through all the generations 30 of hip hop. Yeah, in he's seen
1: industry. the Jay
0: Z's, he's seen the Biggies, he's mm-hmm. seen the Roddy Riches, he's seen it all. Like I don't know why he would think hip hop didn't respect Eminem.
3: I don't, and right? that's the thing because it's his job. It's his job. That's like he's supposed to do. He's supposed to say something culturally relevant. But also shocking enough to cause attention and stir things up back to him and his brand, so that people can tune into him the next morning, or tune to his show. So, oh, for sure, that's what I right. thought about it. Uh, yeah, that's sure. why they
0: call him E-Troll. But you also got to be careful yeah. with these, you know, comparing things to black people. Yes, you, just, you especially just be, in this yeah. time, you just got to be really careful about E-roll those especially. things. yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's like, uh, you know, I'm I'm about to get just slightly. P- political here yeah, for a yeah, second. Go ahead. Um somebody brought up something that, that Bernie Sanders said from like the seventies the where he, he compared workers' rights to slavery. And it right? wasn't slavery.
1: It was wage slavery. Right.
0: Er, right. No, yeah, it, sorry, was, it was it was it was slavery. Okay. He was he he was saying that, you know, these big these big companies were treating their workers like slaves because they didn't have an option to move, you know, uh, they they had to work for them for these shitty wages, yada mm-hmm. yada yada. And people were giving him shit for that because you're you're comparing two things that aren't quite exactly the same. You're kind of making one thing look less than the Mm -hmm. other. It's kind of the same thing what Ebro's doing. It's like, yeah, no, as a black man going through life, yes, I do have to be five times better and work five times harder because there's powerful systems built for hundreds of years in place to make that difficult for Mm -hmm. me. There's no black people overlooking hip hop that are like you know what Eminem I'm gonna make it as hard as possibly I can for you right to, to be successful in this industry
1: they're not it, just ma- mashing a button saying make this hard for Eminem right you know there's not been yeah. a
0: huge campaign for us to just be like you know what fuck all white rappers right like the executives are white
1: the only person that's saying that, <laughs> the only person fuck, that's man? saying like uh bash Eminem is Lord Jamar <laughs> like, yeah. That's the only nigga that's going yeah. out here saying like this nigga's trash and he's a, a guest in hip hop. Like I I to be honest, Eminem has earned his spot in hip hop. He's lyrically yeah. he I don't think anybody doesn't respect him. We just don't want to hear his music. Yeah. And that was where that's where yeah. Ebro went wrong. He, he shouldn't was, have yeah. said anything about respect because it's not I nobody no there's no question about the respect. Right. There's no question. So zero. sorry Ebro you lose good day sir right, well
0: let's (laughs) let's end this one on like a fun note do you guys want to end on a fun note yes All right, let's end on a fun note it's it's kind of fun and kind of sad at the same time but okay uh, a black man had the cops called on him at a bank while trying to deposit a racial (laughs) discrimination settlement check okay so there was a man uh, we'll call him Mr. Thomas from Detroit okay he was a former employee for Enterprise Rent-A-Car.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He was part of a lawsuit that was stemmed from discrimination in the workplace.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he won his suit, so his lawyer gave him some checks to cash, and he went to cash them at his his the local bank. bank. Mm-hmm. The bank didn't believe him. The teller said, hold on, let me get my manager. The mm-hmm. manager said, hold on, the person who verifies checks isn't here. We have to wait for him to come back. He said... Okay, I'll wait. Mm-hmm. You know, no worries. Uh, they said, oh, uh, well, actually, the person's not here. You know, we need more proof or, or, or we're going to call the cops. He's like, okay. His lawyer called, verified all the documents. The cops ended up coming. The cops talked to his lawyer. And the bank pretty much told him, well, how do we know that that's you're actually your lawyer? What? Yeah. So this is what this man did. He said, okay, you know what? Actually, he was quoted as saying... Um, I I didn't want to become another name on the news, so mm-hmm. I stayed calm when the cops mm-hmm. were there. I didn't raise my voice, but I also felt like this is my money and my money needs to represent me. Yeah. So they said, okay, you won't take my checks. He withdrew all of his money, closed his account, went across the street to Chase, mm. where he had access to all of his funds the very next day. Damn. Shout
3: out Chase. Hey. Shout out, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> So uh,
0: <laughs> let's just say he might be going back to Chase in a few more months with another discrimination check to deposit. Right after this incident,
1: so that's just ridiculous to me. Like all of that. Like first of all, because I used to work at a bank. So what do you mean the person who verifies checks? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me, nigga? The teller should be able to verify a check. You're not supposed to cash a check. I'm like you're sp- you supposed you got to know what you got to know where the where the routing number is. You right. got to look for the things like there's things right. that you can look for. Uh most checks ha- kind of have like a um watermark. A watermark of some sort. Yeah. You can you could even call the bank that the check is drawn on yeah. to verify that funds are in that motherfucking account. Right. Yeah. So, as a t- like who you talking about? Who you talking about fucking verify a check? I'd have slapped the shit out of your ass. See, if I was the motherfucker, I probably would have been a name.
0: You would have been a name on the news. I probably would have been a name. That's a better man than me. (laughs) So... (laughs) Thirty-year-old woman found dead at TCF <laughs> Bank, trying to deposit a fraudulent check.
1: <laughs> Video surveillance shows her slapping the shit out of this teller.
0: <laughs> She's came. had several That's run-ins with the law hilarious. previously. At sixteen, she was pulled. It's like, and they'll just be throwing dirt on your name. But right, yeah, this exactly. is this is absolutely r- ridiculous, and this mm-hmm. is this is, I think, just feeds into the story where, you know, again, ebro, you out of pocket, bro. We have to work five times harder because banks don't what? take our fucking checks, nigga. Right? Like,
3: <laughs> hip hop takes Eminem's checks, nah, bro. bro. See, instead of instead of chasing that bag, you got to go invest in the Chase Bank, man. You are not even think, man. <laughs> but he should have took me, that check, chase that bag. You got to go to
1: Chase. He should have took that check to a black-owned bank. Hey, tell that's him that's what he should have did. Tell him because Chase, you know. Be fucking up some shit too, but anyway, I got my mortgage for y'all. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> uh damn. Well, fuck. That wasn't that fun, but it was fun to have a little nice little laugh. Yeah, I just, I'm tired of motherfuckers discriminating us. I mean, that
0: yeah, that that was no violence in that. No, when there wasn't. He none. handled himself well, and I'm happy that he's gonna get paid again. He, I mean, he better get paid again. I mean. And if you have a TCF bank account, take it out. Yeah, take take cash t- that shit out. First of all, why? <laughs> <laughs> Who got a TCF account?
1: Like there's one bank like down the street from my house and I'm like, is this is this a real bank?
0: <laughs> oh shit. I all can't right. co-sign Chase though, but I can definitely not co-sign TCF. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> okay, well, uh we about to go ahead and get on out of this motherfucker. Before we do,
0: Devin, you want to shout out and tell everybody where they can find you again?
3: Oh, yo. Devin, no one cares on everything. If you want to play 2K, if you want to play Call of Duty, hit me on the PlayStation Network. Mm. you want to my podcast on Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud, no one cares, one word podcast. If you can't find none of that shit and you want to be super lazy, cool. Just hit me at Devin, no one cares, and I will send you links. I'll send you episodes that you can listen to.
2: Oh, that (laughs) yeah,
1: for sure. And you know where you can find us through the crate on all social media platforms. Uh, You can even Google us; our SEO is up. Um, Shit, you can subscribe to us, rate us on everything. Um, Again, we are recording from VSOP Studios. Um, thanks again, Devin. Thanks. Yeah, you know what? Shout out to Devin, man. Shout out to that motherfucker coming through. Giving us some, you know, great content. Uh, shit. Just an all-around great dude. Shit. Love it. Yeah. Can't I can't wait for this <laughs> motherfucker to come to Chicago so I can see him face to face.
0: Yeah. Yeah, come <laughs> to Chicago, bro. We're going to show you around. All right, Fair man. All right,
1: thanks, man. And
2: we out this motherfuckers. Deuces.